for the second time in less than a week, I am nervous about a game against Rutgers. <laughs> Welcome to Locked On Spartans for your Friday, November 30th, 2018. I am your host, Will Hunter. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. So glad you are here to join us. Remember, we do this every single day, Monday through Friday, a daily podcast covering all Michigan State athletics, 22 to 30 minutes in length, nice and easy to listen to on your ride home from work or lunch break or whatever uh, you are doing during the day. We've got a basketball-heavy show today. Michigan State uh, is traveling to Piscataway, New Jersey, to take on the uh, what I think we should describe as the upstart uh, Rutgers Scarlet Knights, uh, coming off the 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 biggest win in their you know we'll call it modern history, definitely of this era for for Rutgers, the Big Ten era, if you will, uh, in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. If you missed it, they went on the road. Uh, and took down Miami, so big win for them. We'll talk a ton more about that uh, when we get to a Rutgers preview. That'll be the second segment. First segment today, uh, I'm going to talk about just the Big Ten uh, basketball sort of broadly and why I'm sort of reconsidering my opinion that the Big Ten would be uh, really solid this year, but maybe not great to be a lot of really good teams, no great teams. I'm kind of reconsidering that. I think the Big Ten might be... Uh, might just be the strongest conference uh, in college basketball this season. We've got some brackets coming out uh, today. Uh, you know, Joe Lenardi's been tweeting out lines and seed lines and things like that. So we're starting to see this stuff. Uh, and there's a lot of Big Ten teams there, and they're inching closer and closer to the top. So we're going to talk about the Big Ten. We're going to talk about Rutgers. And then I imagine we'll just have a little bit of time left at the end, so it'll be a short uh, third segment today where we'll talk about uh, the kind of where the bowl game options sit for Michigan State. We'll find out Sunday, but uh, some things are, it seems like some things are sort of coming clear in that, and we're down to just a few options uh, based on previous bowl games and things like that. So we'll talk about that. I'll sort of lay out what we know so far and what we can expect. So maybe uh, you have something to root for this weekend in terms of like, bowl day travel if you're someone who's traveling with the team. All right, let's talk about some Big Ten hoops. Okay, so the Big Ten ACC Challenge just finished up 7-7 split between the two conferences, which is a, <laughs> a very much uh, improved showing for the Big Ten uh, after what happened last year and and the uh, and the year before that as well, the ACC won last year eleven to three, twenty sixteen nine to five. That came after the Big Ten had finally won a couple in a row. If you remember way back, like when this thing got going, the ACC won every single one from the inaugural one in ninety nine all the way through two thousand eight. Like man, it was a bloodbath. Big Ten has obviously rebounded of late. Uh, ACC uh, won when the Big Ten was down a little bit the last couple of years, uh, and so. A 7-7 tie is an improvement from last season, and I think the ACC is, is still strong this year. I think these are the two best conferences uh, in college basketball, and really, man, like Michigan State should have won. <laughs> like, if we're being honest, they should have freaking beat Louisville, uh, even despite how bad they played and being shorthanded and Winston falling out. I think this one's going to sit in Tom Izzo's craw for a little while, 
<laughs> and perhaps we, we there's some articles that came out. Kyle Austin had one for M Life. Uh, Josh Langford and Izzo had a private film session on the uh, the plane ride home from the game, uh, and they had anticipated players anticipated a tough a few film sessions and things like that. Izzo said he just he couldn't believe how bad the film was, so much worse than uh, the actual game itself. So uh, Michigan State should have won that. The Big Ten should have won the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, rebounding after a couple losses, but still there were some big, impressive wins for the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan just dominated North Carolina, uh, and Michigan right now is the number one team in de- uh, adjusted defense on Ken Palm, which isn't surprising given uh, the results against like Villanova and just if you've if they've been crushing teams on the defensive end right now they're the number one defense uh, in the country, just a little bit ahead of uh, Virginia. Uh, it's a pair with the 25th offense. So Michigan comes in at 6 and Ken Palm. And then after that, uh, there's no other Big Ten team in the top 10. Uh, Michigan State dropped out. There's a couple SEC teams, a couple, three ACC teams. So the ACC is definitely top heavy. But then 11, 12, and 13 are all Big Ten teams. Number 21, Nebraska is a Big Ten team. Indiana comes in at 23. I should say 11, 12, and 13. Michigan State, Purdue, Wisconsin. Uh, and then Ohio State comes in at 29, Maryland's at 34, Penn State and Iowa 37-38, uh, and Iowa's ranked right now, like Iowa's, a, I think, top 17 team, uh, still undefeated. Uh, after a 6-0 start, uh, Minnesota comes in at, you know, 53 in their Northwestern 47. Like, there's just, we've been saying it uh, a lot, but there are a ton, like, the entire conference is pretty much outside of... Uh, uh, like what Rutgers and Illinois, the entire conference is in the top 50 uh, of Ken Palm, which or top 53 because Minnesota's at 53. Uh, that is, you know, that that's really good depth. Uh, and with Michigan creeping up, uh, we'll see if Michigan State and Purdue and Wisconsin can edge their way towards elite status. I mean, I've said uh, a lot this year. I, th- I don't think there will be any elite teams. No one's going to run away with the conference. There's no Duke. There's no Kansas. There's no uh, Virginia, Gonzaga. But Michigan is showing that they are right there. And if they can really stick in the top 10 uh, in the rankings in Michigan State, I think will climb its way back into the top 10 uh, in terms of rankings, uh, as will Purdue, maybe Wisconsin. You know, you could have four teams really vying for top 10 spots throughout the season. Like, that's not a stretch uh, to say that's uh, the most impressive, you know, top four in a conference. Uh, it's tough to match up with the ACC having Duke, Virginia, uh, North Carolina, and Virginia Tech. But, I mean, we've seen Michigan beat North Carolina. Virginia Tech lost to Penn State. Uh, the Big Ten has some, some you know, common opponent uh, victories there. Uh, so... I think the conference might end up being better uh, than I thought it was. Tom Izzo said he thought there was a great middle of the pack uh, in the Big Ten, and I, and I definitely agree with that. But I think the top's going to be a little stronger than we thought, and the bottom's not nearly as bad as it's been in years past. Rutgers is the worst team in the Big Ten, and they just went on the road uh, and beat Miami, and Miami is 31st in Ken Palm. Uh, Rutgers is right around the 100 mark, which for them... Uh, is an improvement, and I think I think we're gonna keep seeing them uh, climb closer and closer to uh, the top fifty. I don't. Th- I think Rutgers is a solid team. They are uh, number, and we're gonna obviously talk more specifically about Rutgers, but they are the number ten defense 
right now in the country in terms of efficiency. So when your worst team in the conference has a top 10 defense, I think that says a lot about where you are as a conference. And I was just thinking, like going through this uh, in my head the other day, the Big Ten is going to be an eight or nine bid league this year. Uh, it, it's and it could depending on how things shake out. I mean, it's always tough, but with non-conference wins like this that they've started to rack up, uh, ten bids is an unheard of. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Wisconsin is four. Those are all guaranteed locks. Nebraska is going to get in. Indiana is going to get in. That's six. Ohio State is seven. Uh, Maryland is eight. Penn State and Iowa are, are nine and ten, and those are all top thirty-eight Ken Palm teams. Uh, Northwestern is, is pretty solid again. Minnesota did what they did in the Big Ten ACC Challenge and botched it, but they were five, off to a 5-0 and start. They're 53rd. Uh, that's pretty much the entire conference uh, has a shot to get in. And, and with Rutgers, you know, getting a big win, who knows? Rutgers could go over 500 in conference play and find their way into the tournament, maybe. Um, so I think... Man, and I, it's just it, it's a little concerning given Michigan State's uh, inconsistencies, inconsistency, in oh my god, inconsistency to start. Uh, but granted, that they'll figure it out. They'll start playing better in conference play. We've got two conference games coming up, and then a little non-conference break, uh, and then we're back to the the grind of actual conference play. I'm confident by then uh, they'll have things figured out. But this is going to be a hard conference to win. Uh, it will not be like last year where they kind of cruised uh, on talent and were clearly the team to beat, even though they had uh, some some challengers uh, in Purdue and Ohio State towards the end of the season. So yeah, not that uh, it's never a, a, a good accomplishment to be able to hang uh, a Big Ten Conference banner, but I think the, whoever wins it this year uh, is going to be like it's going to be a special one. It's going to be similar to. Uh, the the years that the Draymond Green senior year, uh, even his junior year, or no, not his junior year, senior year, the year after he left, um, you know, the mid mid 2010s, 2014, 2015 in there, uh, those were some stacked Big Ten conferences. Those were like 20, I don't know, 2013, whatever it was. The, the Big Ten was absolutely stacked. And I remember those, like it, every week it felt like, there was a number seven playing a number one or number six playing number four. It just like there were huge matchups every single week in the conference. And I think we're going to get that again this season. And I am looking forward to it. So we will preview the start of conference play for Michigan State. Uh, coming up after the break here, we've got Rutgers on the docket. And it is nowhere near a cupcake. Uh, Rutgers can uh, definitely play basketball. So we'll talk about that. But first, a word from sling tv guys you don't want to watch the game you need to watch the game and if you're sick of paying for all these channels you never watch you got to give sling tv a shot it is 30 dollars a month and it gets you espn pac 12 network sec network and more it is the best way to watch college athletics and my listeners can go to sling.com slash lockdown right now and get a seven day free trial that's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. You can stream Sling on all your favorite devices from your big screen down to your smartphone. And there are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Just go to Sling.com slash locked on for that seven-day free trial. One more time, Sling.com slash locked on. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. And if your company is looking for a new way to reach customers, you could be mentioned 
right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear in their favorite shows. Our demographic is 98% males with more education and that earns more money than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast. Email me at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. All right, welcome back to Locked On Spartans. Second segment here, we're going to talk about Rutgers basketball. Uh, so, a couple things we should know about Rutgers. I already mentioned the fact that they have a top 10 defense, but let's back out uh, a little bit more. The Rutgers are <laughs> the Rutgers, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights are 5 and 1. I uh, haven't really played uh, up up until the Miami game, hadn't really played anyone uh, of substance. You know, big wins over Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, big win over Drexel. You know, two teams ranked in the 250s. Uh, big win over Eastern Michigan. Uh, everyone's got that on the record. Um, you know, closer than it should have been. Win over Boston University and a three point road win uh, against Miami. Uh, coupled in there with a uh, 20 point loss. Uh, at home to uh, what is just an okay St. John's team. St. John's is 46th uh, in Ken Palm. Uh, so not a great <laughs> result there. Uh, Rutgers started the season, though. They're 103rd right now in the rankings. They started the season 149th, so they've already jumped up 46 spots. Uh, so j- a good start for them. Uh, that St. John's loss hurts, but they really rebounded with that Miami uh, Miami win. And they're playing these next two games. They've got us uh, at home, and then they go to Wisconsin. Uh, not great shots to win either game, but if they can really lock down on the defensive end, keep it close, play us tough, uh, and, and play Wisconsin tough and go 1-1 one and one in this stretch, it's going to go a long way towards uh, them being able to uh, perhaps be a tournament team. I know that feels like a long way off, but they've got a lot of big games coming up in conference play. And they can rack up some impressive wins, uh, and it starts tonight against us. Uh, and they they should be beaming with confidence coming off that big win against Miami. Um, so their defense, like I mentioned, number ten in adjusted efficiency. The catch here is their uh, offense is two or yeah, their offense is two hundred and sixty ninth in adjusted efficiency. So. Uh, the national average for both those categories is 102.9, so they are elite on defense uh, and, and pretty bad on offense. Uh, in terms of tempo, they are the 212th fastest team in the country. They go slow. They want to slow it down and grind it out and ride their defense to a win. Michigan State is going to absolutely have to get out in transition. Uh, they're going to, uh, Rutgers is going to put up a shot. And they're going to absolutely just bail off the offensive glass. They will not, like Michigan State's transition game will force Rutgers to bail on offensive rebounds, uh, which is something that they actually do very good. So that plays into Michigan State, do very well. That that plays into Michigan State's hands. Uh, But Michigan State's going to have to push. They're going to have to push off of makes. They're going to have to push off of misses. They are going to have to control the tempo because if Rutgers at home, is able to control the tempo, slow the game down. I imagine uh, their sensors a little bit of excitement, uh, I think, on campus there. It's not going to be a raucous crowd, I don't think, but uh, when you can bring in Michigan State and feel like you have a realistic chance to beat them, which I'm sure they do, 
uh, I think it, it won't be a sleepy Friday night in Piscataway like we've seen before. I think uh, that the crowd will have an impact. So you want to sort of take them out of it as much as you can. Get Rutgers uh, uncomfortable. Get them at a pace that they are not uh, enjoying because they want to slow it down, so you have to speed it up on them. A uh, couple things that they do well in four factors. It's all on the defense, basically. Um they hold opponents to a field goal percentage just above 40. That is outstanding. Uh, they turn people over at a really high rate, uh, and they get to the. They do not let you get to the free throw line. Uh, so, <laughs> those last two things should be very concerning. Um, Michigan State turns the ball over a ton. They've been bad, bad, bad the last few games with it, and they don't do a great job at getting to the line. Uh, so, I think. This is a game where Michigan State's going to have to hit some shots. Absolutely. Uh, they're going to have to you know, play under control in the half court. Uh, they can't be turning the ball over. Any time that they turn the ball over, uh, it's, it's just like against a slow-paced team like this, what's good at defense, possessions are almost worth double. You can think of it that way. You get less possessions and they're harder to score on you can't throw any away so turnovers are going to be another thing like always huge thing to watch uh good news uh Rutgers on offense does not get to the free throw line and they are worse than us at turning the basketball over um so that those transition thing opportunities I was talking about uh the tempo of the game if Michigan State can turn over Rutgers a lot that's going to help a ton uh, and Rutgers' best offensive trait is their offensive rebounding. They're a, a pretty good offensive rebounding team. I don't think they will be uh, against Michigan State. I think Michigan State's going to crush them on the glass because Rutgers is going to be so focused uh, on transition defense, on getting back, on preventing Michigan State from being able to run. Because if Michigan State can get out and run against Rutgers tonight, uh, they're going to run them out of the gym. Even though it's an improved team, if, if Michigan State gets up 12 if they get up 14, somewhere in that range, Rutgers does not have the firepower uh, to hang with them. Uh, another thing to look out for tonight, Matt McQuaid is questionable. Again, we saw how his impact was felt. He is, uh, by Izzo's calling, by many's opinion, uh, their best perimeter defender on the team. Kyle Arns, I thought, did a really good job, uh, was good on defense, uh, and, and was an effective three-point shooter, got to the rim a couple times, threw down some dunks exactly what you need from him. Hopefully he can repeat that type of effort uh, if McQuaid is unable to go. And he was he's a solid defender. He's not quite as good as uh, Matt McQuaid, and the, the defensive metrics back that up in terms of points per possession uh, against. I think McQuaid is actually best on the team in that. Arns is right there, though. Um, he, he, he can definitely play, but missing McQuaid, uh, Cassius has to stay out of foul trouble. We saw that Foster Lawyer... Uh, is having a tough go of it. I'm still confident in his future. Not sure he can see the floor right now in big, uh, big games and big ten games that are close down the stretch. So I, you obviously Cassius is going to go 34 minutes tonight. Langford might have to take some backup point guard minutes, uh, and if it's tight, I, I'm not sure we see Foster Lawyer uh, a ton after what was mostly a, a negative uh, end of the game, end of the half or end of the second half situation. Uh, against Louisville with him on the floor. He did not look great and has not looked great, uh, especially in the defensive end this year. He's not good enough offensively to uh, yet to to make up for his lack of defensive ability. Uh, hopefully he can get there 
um, at some point this season. I don't know if it's he's ready for tonight. So that's another thing to look out for. Uh, yeah, and, and Rutgers, they actually, this is sort of a, a funny stat. Uh, the free throw percentage against them is 46.7. Um, so they've played a ton of really bad free throw. Sh- like the, they have the e- the worst free throw shooting schedule against uh, for any team. Uh, 46.7% is, is comically bad. They themselves shoot 55% from the line. Uh, and they don't get to the line very often. So I'm not worried a ton about foul trouble. Uh, they shoot 38% from three, which is good. If they get hot, that's my my biggest concern right now is that like this is how Rutgers wins this game. They uh, slow it down to an absolute crawl, and Michigan State just is bogged down and can't get out in transition. And on offense, Rutgers uh, shoots forty five to forty seven percent from three, fifty percent from three, uh, and takes a few more uh, attempts than than they normally do. They um, they take more threes. They score more points off of threes than they do off of twos, um, as, as inter- like compared to to other college teams. So they're more of a three heavy team than your average team. But they're not just bombs away three barrage. Um, but I think you could see something like that uh, tonight. Uh, a few extra threes when you're trying to pull an upset against a, a team like Michigan State. So that's my. Biggest concern is on offense, they're able to string together some big shots from the perimeter and just kind of, you know, they keep it close. Uh, they're in it. Michigan State's not able to pull away. And, you know, then you're in a situation where a big shot beats you or something like that. That's my biggest concern. I think that's how Rutgers, uh, if they're going to win tonight, uh, that's how it's going to, to come tonight. Also, they're very tall. They're the fifth tallest team in the country. I'm not sure how much that'll impact uh, whatever's going on tonight on the court uh, because, they, like I said, they don't get to the free throw line. I'm not super worried about foul trouble, but wouldn't that be the time like we're like, oh, they don't get to the free throw line. We don't have to worry about Nick Ward falling out where he falls out with seven minutes left in the game or something. So Rutgers is a tall team. Something to look out for. Um, we'll see how much that height uh, uh, helps them out. Uh, I'm not sure it's, you know, they're not a a great low post team or anything like that. They don't have any pros down there, but it's just a a fun little fact to keep an eye on (laughs) when you're watching the game tonight is Rutgers length uh, helping them out at all. All right. So we're going to switch things up and talk about uh, college football bowl assignments here in the final segment. Uh, And then that'll take us into the weekend. But uh, real quick, I got to tell you about the things the Lockdown Podcast Network is doing on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, you can follow at LockdownNet, and you get all the Lockdown Podcast Network hosts, the local hosts covering their NFL or NBA team on one feed. It is great during games. You get breaking news. You get uh, a live and local perspective on Instagram. Check out LockdownNet. Uh, you get the biggest stories in one minute on the uh, the Instagram stories and then longer editions on the uh, feeds themselves. So make sure you follow Locked on Net on both Twitter and Instagram. Okay, let's finish out this week, this Friday, uh, with a nice, strong <laughs> third segment here. We're going to talk about bowl games. Yay! Um, so we will find out, uh, I think Sunday most of them will be coming out, uh, and they'll start to trickle in, uh, and, and we always see it. After you know different conferences finish up, 
their seasons and all that stuff. So the way this stuff sort of shakes out is, if you don't know, I'm sure most of you do, these different bowls have different affiliations. Uh, most of them have multiple affiliations, like uh, the, the, the Gator Bowl can pick an ACT team or a Big Ten team as well as an SEC team. Uh, same, like the Pinstripe Bowl does that as well. Like different bowls, the Holiday Bowl has like the option, I think, to go Pac-12, Big Ten, or Big 12, something, and, you know, something like that. So uh, different bowls like to switch up different teams and different conferences if they can, if that makes sense. Um, so uh, the bowls right now that seem to be in play right now uh, in terms of just uh, hosting a seven-win team are the Gator Bowl, the Outback Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl, the Music City Bowl, the Quick Lanes Bowl, and the Holiday Bowl. Uh, you can immediately toss the Holiday Bowl out because we went there last year. And bowls, if they can avoid it, and this bowl can absolutely avoid it, uh, don't like to have repeat teams there back-to-back years. So the Holiday Bowl we can throw away. Uh, the Music City Bowl, uh, reports are coming out that uh, Purdue is headed to the Music City Bowl. So that is, leaves us with the Gator Bowl, the Outback Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl, the Quick Lanes Bowl. Uh, most people think we're too uh, too high on the radar for the Quick Lanes Bowl in Detroit. Uh, I tend to agree. Uh, that'll be a MAC team taking on either uh, an ACC or a Big Ten team. It kind of looks like it might be an ACC team, uh, given that you know Purdue is heading towards uh, the Music City Bowl. Although, if anyone from the Big Ten is going to go there, it's going to be uh, Minnesota. Uh, for sure. So uh, we don't think that uh, I'm getting lost here. I think we don't think Michigan State is going to be heading to the Quick Lanes Bowl. Uh, the Gator Bowl is going to go with the ACC, it seems like, uh, if, if Purdue ends up going to the Music City Bowl. There's like dominoes that fall here, right? Uh, so the Gator Bowl is likely going to go to the ACC, uh, meaning that there are two options left for Michigan State, the Outback Bowl or the Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, Outback Bowl we're familiar with, uh, played in Tampa at the Raymond J Stadium, Raymond James, Raymond James Stadium, uh, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play. Uh, nice, pre- sort of prestigious-ish bowl game. I mean, it's not like you don't get laughed at for playing in it, but it's not very good at all. Um, and it, it matches up with what is usually an SEC opponent. Uh, so. That would be uh, interesting. It would be a nightmare scenario. Like it would be interesting if Michigan State played in the Outback Bowl against Missouri. It would be an absolute nightmare if they matched up in the Outback Bowl uh, against Kentucky. <laughs> that would I've said for I don't know if it's on this podcast or my other podcast. Uh, if Michigan State plays, there's two potential bowl matchups uh, teams that they would match up with in bowl season: Kentucky and Cal. If they play. Either one of those teams, uh, we're setting football back. We're setting offensive football back decades. Uh, it's not looking great. So, yeah, it, it seems Outback or Pinstripe are the two most likely scenarios for Michigan State. And I tend to think Pinstripe. Uh, I think Outback will go, uh, although here's the, the sort of the, the rub where the Outback might be the thing. Michigan State hasn't been there since 2010. And... All of the teams around Michigan State that would be considered for, like Iowa, that would be considered for the Outback Bowl have all been there more recently. So it's kind of that bowl game thing where, you know, they pick and choose who they want and like, oh, you know, like maybe this year the Holiday Bowl takes Iowa 
and the Outback Bowl takes Michigan State kind of thing. So I think it's tough to tell which one's the most likely right now, but those are our two kind of options. I personally don't want to play in the Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, I think it probably suits Michigan State better to play in the Pinstripe Bowl. You'll get zoned from the ACC. It'll be cold weather. You can handle it. Uh, and it's not like you have to worry about your offense being stopped by the elements anyway. Uh, maybe bad, you know, snow game gives you a chance to get a defensive touchdown. Outback Bowl, uh, you're going to play a good SEC team. It would be fun to see them match up against Missouri because of the style and contrast in Missouri's great offense. That would be a fun matchup. Uh, but those are the things to sort of look out for. Outback or Pinstripe Bowl seem likely. Uh, either way, who cares? <laughs> it's a crap bowl game. Uh, it'll be fun. We'll we'll watch it. Some of you will go travel to it, and we'll enjoy what the postseason is for us, which isn't much, uh, and just be glad that the team gets an extra month of practice because it seems like they really need it. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Locked on Spartans for this week. We will be back Monday. Uh, the, the the basketball team will we'll recap Rutgers a little bit, talk about whatever happens over the weekend, and see if anything interesting happens. We should have a bowl assignment by Monday morning, I would think. Uh, they're usually all out on Sunday, so we'll talk about that, uh, and we will have a preview against uh, Iowa, an Iowa preview. Michigan State takes on Iowa in basketball, uh, home opener in conference play, so that is exciting. Looking forward to that, so all that stuff, look for it uh, on Monday. All right, thanks for listening to the show. Follow us on Twitter at OnSpartans. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter 1L2 underscores. Like the show on Facebook. Subscribe to the show. Email us, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, all that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening to the show this week. We will see you uh, on Monday morning, and until then, go green.